You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay, or just go to their website at TicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. Let's talk in pack. Did the Green Bay Packers just save their season? I can't say that. Not yet. But did Sunday feel oh so good regardless? Oh, hell yeah! And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempesis, coming to you, oh no, not from my basement packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but rather room 1325 at the Hampton Inn in Marquette, Michigan, here to break down Green Bay's yes, yes, yes. 31 to 28, oh ho ho ho, overtime win over the hated Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at Lambeau Field. A win so good it just makes you want to crack a beer. So what the hell? Let's do that right now. Ooh, that is good. That's right. Lemp's on the road this week, as I mentioned at the end of last week's show. I'm here in Marquette with the fam for a mini vacay. Been here since Thursday evening, actually heading back to Milwaukee tomorrow on Monday. Man, it's been a really it's been a really great trip. Seeing family members, visiting some of my old favorite haunts here, you know, restaurants, NMU hockey games, etc. Marquette is, as you may know by now, my hometown. Hadn't been back here in almost two and a half years. So yeah, it's been awesome, man. It's been really great. And this is a nice hotel too, man. I gotta say, this ain't your normal Hampton Inn. This is fairly swank, right on the shores of Lake Superior. The snowy shores, I should add. It's been snowing almost constantly since yesterday morning. So yeah, definitely a few inches on the ground. And, oh, did I mention I'm actually in the bathroom of my hotel doing this? Because, yeah, I yeah I am. So here's what happened. I I think I said last week on the show, I know I said on Twitter my plan was, like, to just do it in the lobby on Sunday night. And I was just down there, and it's it echoes pretty heavy down there in the lobby. So I was nervous about that. And then I asked the guy at the front desk, I'm like, hey, do you mind if I do this down here? And he's like... I mean, yeah, as long as it's not loud and it doesn't, you know, wake anybody up and you don't get any noise complaints. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I can't guarantee that, sir. <laughs> so I came up to the room and, you know, my kids are sleeping. We don't have a, we don't have like a separate room. We don't have like a suite or anything. So I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, ah, you know what, fuck it, let's just do it in the bathroom. <laughs> the acoustics are pretty decent in here. I've got enough space on the counter for my laptop and my mic and my beer. What else do I need? Nothing, right? So here I am, drinking a Labatt Blue in the bathroom of my hotel room at 1 o'clock in the morning, talking to you guys and gals. So if you ever, ever doubted my dedication to this freaking show, and to you, the Lemps Talking Pack listeners, 
Well, I am doing this damn thing from a hotel room bathroom on a Sunday night. So don't ever doubt me again. And it's Eastern Standard Time, too. It's EST here, too. So it's even later than usual. It's not even Sunday night. What am I talking about? It's Monday morning now. Okay, okay, enough about all that. You want me to talk about this Packers win, and man, I am going to cover this win from all angles tonight. Don't you worry, I cannot wait. With this win, which snaps a five-game losing streak, thank God, the Packers improved to four and six on the season, good enough for sole possession of the second place, uh, sole possession of the second place in the NFC North. They sadly remain miles behind the first-place Minnesota Vikings, who solidified their status as the lucky horseshoe-up-their-ass team of 2022 by beating the Buffalo Bills 33-30 in overtime in Buffalo on Sunday. Just a nutty game. I'm guessing you've all seen the highlights by now, so we won't go into the details on that. But just, yeah, insanity. Can't believe the Vikings won, but they did. The win boosts Minnesota's record to 8-1 on the season, and this game pissed me off royally because it caused me to miss the first 11 minutes of the damn Packers game. Can you believe that? So, that, you know, the game we got here on the Fox affiliate was Detroit-Chicago. That ended a little early. Okay. Bonus coverage, Bills-Vikings. Perfect lead-in to the Packers game. And as it was getting, you know, as it looked like it was going to be overtime, I'm like, oh, well, okay. But they'll still cut to the Packer game, right? When it starts at 4, 4.25, which is a, That time change just throws me off. But when it starts at 4.25, right? Oh, wait, no. Oh, this isn't a pa- It's not a Packers market. That's right. So I had to watch the entire Vikings-Bills finish. So I'm following the Packers game on my, on my Yahoo tracker on my phone. Just, I'm just, I was just raging. I was about to go Van Halen on this hotel room. I was so mad that they weren't cutting over to the Packers game and that the Viking game wouldn't end. Just furious. Just why? Why? Again, that wasn't even the game we got here in Marquette. As I mentioned, the game we got was the Detroit-Chicago game. Speaking of that game, the Lions improved to 3-6 and six by beating the Chicago Bears in truly hilarious fashion, 31-30 to 30 in Chicago on Sunday. The Bears lost because of a missed PAT late in the game. A badly missed one at that. So yeah, somehow the Bears outlined the Lions. Yes, apparently that is possible. Okay, before we get into the fun, I hope you're having fun already. I'm talking to you again in a hotel bathroom drinking a little bad. How That is the definition of fun, I think. Maybe? Anyways, is this the first time I've drank beer in a hotel bathroom? No, definitely not. Um, Late at night? No, definitely not that either. (laughs) I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Twitter, Lemps, MKE, at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. The email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. Again, you can send me a line during the week. You don't have to wait for Sunday night. You can let me know what you think of the team, what you think of the show, where you listen to, all that good stuff. For anyone listening on the Wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating, five stars. Me like you those the most. Four stars are good, too. A comment if it's positive, that would be nice. A negative, a comment if it's negative, ah, you know what, I can handle it. I watch this Packers team all year. There's nothing that can throw me now. Whatever you got, send it along. Uh, you can find us on Spotify by searching for Packers Talk and looking for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. 
Uh, I'm sure Vince was happy to see the guys beat Dallas today. I'm sure he definitely enjoyed that. Uh, and again, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a rating. Oop, beer burp. Just got to keep it real. Got to keep it extra real. Um, go up to the top if you if you're subscribing on iTunes or list or Spotify or you're subscribing there or listening. Go up to the top and look for the little box with the star. Click on it. You can leave a rating. Again, five stars mean like those the most. We are on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there as well. If you listen on a platform I don't mention, as always, let me know. And again, just subscribe. Just subscribe. I'm showing you my dedication by doing the show in a hotel bathroom. You should show your dedication by subscribing. Then this gets delivered to you. You wake up, boom, all of our wonderful Packers talk shows right there. That would be my recommendation. And a special shout-out to our wonderful sponsor, Ticket King. For all your Packers ticket needs, head to their website, theticketking.com. They will take care of you. Okay, now that we've done got all that out the way, let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers dub. A, you might have forgotten how good it feels to win, so allow me to remind you, dub. That's why you got to say it that way. You got to remind the people, man. Am I right? The Packers sure did that today, didn't they? Whew. They did just that. And that's where where I want to start tonight. I have to, have to, have to talk about the Packers finally, fully, officially running the offense we have waited all season for at last. Hallelujah. An offense that goes through running backs Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that revolves around them and then allows everything else to grow and prosper off of that. Things like the play-action game in particular. We've seen it here and there. The Buffalo game most notably, probably. But that one was tough because they were behind so much of the night, you know? And and I didn't feel like they were as consistent with the play-action game as they needed to be. Man alive, Sunday, they fully unleashed it. They never got too far away from it. And surprise, it was their most effective balanced, consistent offensive showing, certainly in a while, but maybe even all season, honestly. First off, they stuck with the damn running game all night long, baby. All night. How much so? Here's a fun stat for you. Aaron Jones, 11 first half carries, 10 second half carries, 3 overtime carries. Jonesy finishing with 24 carries for 138 yards and a score. His usual slashing, dashing, slicing self. Punctuated by his touchdown where he did the homage to Marshawn Lynch by diving in backwards into the end zone. Good stuff. Love to see that. We have A.J. Dillon. Seven first half carries. Six second half carries. Again, there's that balance for each half. No touches, no carries in overtime. It was only the one drive, of course. A.J. finishing with 13 carries for 65 yards. And really, I thought it was the most physical he's ran in a long time. Great to see. Great to see. Felt like he was really trying to deliver punishment. That's the A.J. Dillon that we need. That's, that's, that's the A.J. Dillon we know and love. Haven't seen enough of it this season. Saw it Sunday. That was awesome. And you love the breakdown of the carries, you know. Like I said on the show after the Buffalo game, it should always be somewhere around, you know, 65-35 Jones-Dillon, 60-40 Jones-Dillon, Somewhere in that neighborhood, and that's what it was against the Cowboys. I believe it was like 62% to 38%. Jones Dillon, somewhere in there. But right in that neighborhood I'm talking about. Great stuff. And again, it never, it wasn't like, you know, 
one half was more lopsided than the other. It was fairly even for each half for each guy. You love it. And off of that, surprise, you can grow a pretty damn efficient play-action game. And the Packers finally stopped ignoring that and made that a big part of their offense Sunday. How big? This is from Packers beat reporter Rob Domovsky of ESPN.com on Twitter, at Rob Domovsky. Per ESPN Stats Info, the Packers ran by design on 62% of their plays, their highest rate ever in an Aaron Rodgers start. The Packers also utilized play action on 52% of their dropbacks, their highest in a game since 2020. Oh, you love it. Thank you, Jesus. And that's why Aaron Rodgers played a much bigger game than his stat line would indicate, right? Was much more effective than his stats would indicate. I mean, he only finished 14 of 20 for 224 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 11.2 yards per attempt, which is outstanding. You know, not at all massive, certainly by his lofty standards, but he was really, really good in this game, wasn't he? Best he's looked in a long time, right? He got the ball to Sammy Watkins. Watkins finishes with three catches for 47 yards. Some nice grabs, especially the one that got Green Bay inside the Dallas 10 late in the game. That was a good play. He got it to Alan Lazard. Lazard finishing with three grabs for 45 yards. Of course, the massive catch and run on the quick slant on third and two in OT. That one essentially won the game for the Packers. That was outstanding. And then if those two guys are the solid opening hacks, holy shit. How about the Rodgers to Christian Watson connection? Oh, my God. Talk about a freaking headliner, baby. Watson finishing with four catches for 107 yards, three scores, three touchdowns, one, two, three, the hat trick, baby, for the youngster from North Dakota State. The first of those of the first of those three was of course the big, big connection, right? Third and one at the Packers forty one. Rogers and Corks a beauty deep to Watson, gets by his guy, gets by his guy, catches it, strolls in for the score. Oh my god, PAT good. Seven seven after the fifty eight yard touchdown, four fifty four to go in the first half. So that was a great play, right? I know after his two drops early in the game. Everybody was probably freaking out. I know I was when I saw the ball was going deep to nine. Because as you know, I'm, you know, I've been critical of that pick. But I mean, he got behind the guy. made, the, And you know, it really felt like he, you know, he knew he had to make that catch. If he doesn't make that catch, I mean, I know Rodgers supposedly told him after the first couple of drops, hey, you know, I'm going to keep coming to you, like, stay cool, or whatever the quote was. But I really think if he doesn't catch that ball, that would have been three. I don't think Rodgers would have gone back to him after that. He had to make that play. Not just for now, but I mean for the immediate weeks ahead. Rodgers might have just froze him out for a while. But the kid came down with it. Great play. The second of those touchdowns, that was no slouch either. Early fourth quarter, fourth and seven. Rodgers with a strike to Watson coming across. Hauls it in. He's into the end zone for the score. PAT good. 28-21 Dallas. Play cover 39 yards with 13.23 to go in the contest. Regulation, of course. So those were great. But you want to know what? You know which play? I don't know if it, if impressed is the right word. 
But the play that showed me the most about just how lethal this kid can be, his final touchdown of the day that covered all of seven yards. First and goal at the seven, Rodgers on the play action. There's that play action again. Worked out pretty well. Hits Watson for the score. So why did it show me the most? Because you're going, Chris, a 58-yard, 59-yard TD, and then a 39-yard. Why is the seven-yarder the most? Why did that show you the most? Here's why. Because it was a simple crossing route, right? Even Greg Olson pointed this out on the broadcast. It wasn't any sort of special play design. You know, it wasn't a deep shot or anything like that. It was just a simple, it was a simple crossing route, right? In a goal-to-go situation. But Watson is just so freaking athletic. Go watch that again. He's coming across. No one in the Dallas secondary could keep up with him. No one. And, you know, in a short field like that, in a short, you know, short field situation, and no one could keep up with him. No one. I mean, that just shows you. He just plays past him to get open. I mean, that's everything that's good about Watson that was fully on display on that play. And, and you know, you saw it all on, in, on Sunday as a whole, really. Just great stuff from him. Now, having said that, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I don't. Don't want to be a Debbie Downer. <sighs> this is bad it's good. But yes, I still have concerns about Watson, of course. It's one game. And I really, I don't think anybody should be dropping the A Star is Born takes yet. Oh, ho, hold on on that. Although I know they're coming. Let's hold on. Pump the brakes on that. But I will say, he showed his immense upside in this game. He showed why the Packers gave up those picks to go up for him at the top of the second round in the draft, right? He showed, ultimately, to me, he deserves a much more... Again, I can't say a star is born. But what I can say is he has shown, he showed today, he definitely deserves a much more prominent role in the offense going forward. You know? He needs to be that number one guy. Yes, he deserves that. He should be getting the lion's share of the targets now. Now it's a question of he's going to get them. What's he going to do with them? Right? And, you know, hey, just as I said back in April, I would love to eat crow regarding my thoughts on that pick. I'm not rooting for him to fail. I don't think anybody is. He says stuff on Twitter about Watson haters. I don't think those are haters. We just had concerns about that pick, that he was small school and MBS. But I said on the show then, and I'll say, you know, then, and I'll say it now. I would love to eat crow. Please prove me wrong, Christian. Let's have more of what we saw. What we saw in this one. Yes, please. Sunday was my first little taste of the crow, and I got to tell you, God damn, was it yummy. This is some yummy crow. But you see what I mean? We've been saying really since the summer, certainly early in the season, the best route for success for this Packers offense was basically becoming the late 90s Denver Broncos. Run the ball, allow Rodgers to work the play action off of that, and attack downfield. Not Rodgers as game manager, but in a sense like a game manager on steroids. I've been saying that on the show for weeks now, since the start of the season. That was the best route for this offense to have success. Run the ball, Rodgers is, you know... Again, game manager on steroids, attack downfield, and he just has to hit a handful of big throws a game. And this offense will hum. You know, the Packers finally stopped running from who they are or who they need to be. 
against the Cowboys. And the result was 14 points in the first half, 14 points in the second, three in overtime for the win. Consistent. Consistent success throughout. 31 points on the day. That's damn good. You know, it's hard not to wonder where they'd be had they just accepted this earlier in the season. You got to wonder. But for at least one afternoon, they did what we have wanted them to do, and the results were awesome. Simply put, awesome. Okay, so that's my main portion of the show. Let's move on now to the Twitter bag, the Facebook bag, the email bag, all the bags. And, well, they're all fairly full once again, which is great. You'd expect that after a win over the Cowboys. So let's get to those now. Start with Twitter. Again, these are and, and these tweets are the ones that I got after the game. I send, um, I put out a tweet saying any questions, comments, concerns, whatever you know, hit me. These are the tweets I got for that. So if you sent me something outside of that and I didn't reply, it's because it, I'm only replying to tweets sent in reply to that one. Does that make sense? Okay. So. Let's start from, oh, my former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, one of my bestest friends in the world, Adam Summers, who was at the game today in his brand new Devondre Campbell throwback jersey, representing our guy from the University of Minnesota. Brew Crewer on Twitter, at A Summers underscore time. We're, again, got to keep it extra real. I mean, what is more real, again, than doing a show in a hotel bathroom? This is as real as it gets. This is real shit. Um, all right, Adam commented, Today felt so good. For all the youngins who don't know the 90s, this win mattered. No voice left, don't care. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. It, you know what? It does. You're right. And, uh, you know, I talked about this on Twitter last week. You know, I think for a lot of the younger kids, like if you only know the Packers at, uh, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, because he's done fairly well against the Cowboys, which in stark contrast to Favre, who, you know, they were Favre's kryptonite most of the time. Favre is kind of, Rodgers has kind of owned the Cowboys. So if you're of that generation, you're like, I don't understand, what's, what's the big deal beating the Cowboys? a Rodge does this all the time. And I was talking about this on Twitter last week. I really think the Cowboys are... It's either the Cowboys or the Vikings, but I think the Cowboys are the team I hate the most as a Packer fan because I I came of age in the 90s. Again, when they were Favre's kryptonite and all the bullshit those Dallas teams got away with every single time they would play Green Bay, bullshit that often helped them win those games that were a lot of times fairly close. All the Michael Irvin push-offs. Someone pointed out to me on Twitter, Eric Williams' hands living in Reggie White's face mask. Of course, Eric Williams ending John Yurkovic's career, um, which I may, I, I, we'll see here in a minute, I may tell a story about that, we'll see how long this question takes me to answer, but, um, you know, like, they ruined, they ruined a lot for us, you know, Jason Garrett getting the spot start on Thanksgiving and beating the Packers, Jason fucking Garrett, so, like, for people, like, you know, for, for especially for my well, I think anybody who was watching the Packers at the time, but especially for people like me who were you know young then, those Cowboys losses really left scars, <laughs> like they did. So it always matters beating them, 
Yeah, it always does. Of course. Um, you know what? I'm going to tell the Jay. I'm going to tell the John Yurkovic story because when else would I tell this? Okay, so back when they reopened Lambo, right? The, the new, the fully renovated Lambo was at 03. That first game was against the Vikings. The Packers brought a ton of former, like they always bring former players back for each home game, but they brought like an army of former players back and coaches and everybody else. So my brother goes to the game and um, he and his friends were staying at, I don't know what it is now, but it was the old Embassy Suites downtown in Green Bay. Because they would do this thing where they'd get like six of them in one room to cut down on the cost. Uh, anyway, so they're there, and it's the day before the game, and the Packers are doing this, like, team function. Because if you've ever seen the Embassy Suites, uh, again, I don't know how it is now, back then, it's a big open kind of, like, courtyard in the middle on the first floor, and there's a bar and stuff. So my brother and his friends, because you, you go outside your room, and then you can kind of, like, see down into the courtyard. So they're kind of like, there's a bunch of them, they're kind of milling about, going inside. You know, they're inside the room, they're out, they're kind of just like walking around or whatever, out in the hallway. And um, they look down and they see this big team funk, this big function going on. And they see John Yurkovic. And one of my brother's friends goes, hey, Yurko, come on up and have a beer. And he points to his beer. And Yurko kind of points up like, hey, I see you up there. And they're like, ah, Yurko noticed us. Um... Like maybe like, I don't know, 20 minutes or whatever go by, and they're all back in the room now. And they get this knock on the door, and they open the door, and it's Yurko. And he goes, hey, fellas, still got that beard? They're like, yeah! So he comes in, and he's he's drinking with them for a while, and he's telling, they're, he's telling them stories about his career. And one of my brother's friends uh, brings up Eric Williams, who, of course, ended his career, was it a cut block, chop block? Brings up his career, and everybody's having a good time, and Yurko... His voice gets kind of serious, and he just goes, this is a quote now, he goes, that motherfucker Williams. <laughs> so anyway, Yurko ends up hanging out with him for a while, and goes, I gotta go, he has a couple beers and leaves. But anyway, that was my long-winded point of saying, like, you think Yurko forgot about that? He sure didn't. Those Cowboys teams got away with so much shit, so much. And, like, we just never forgot it. And we've always hated it. It doesn't matter if Rogers owns them. We still hate them. So, yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I my voice, if you can tell, my voice is, is kind of shot, too, because I was screaming at the TV in the hotel room for three hours. And, yeah, Rudy. Oh, my God. Rudy Ford with two picks. Big day for those of us on Rudy Ford Island. More on that in a minute. All right. Next one comes from Javier Cabrera. I hope that story wasn't too long about Yurko, but it was a good story, right? So... Our next one comes from Javier Cabrera at Ja Cabrera 24. He writes, Packers finally showing some heart and fight in them. Is this their turning point of the season? Let's hope. Okay, so touched on this a little bit in the opening. Uh, yeah, well, it's good. Yes, they finally showed some heart and some fight, and that was awesome to see. You know, if we were wondering maybe if this team had quit on LaFleur or was in the process of that, they put at least for a week those those discussions to rest they're not not yet is this their turning point of the season i can't say that yet it's one win 
you know, that comes at the end and snaps a five-game losing streak. Can't say that yet, but they've got a little bit of life that we can say. More on that towards the end of the show, Javier. Good stuff. Our next one comes from my lovely wife, Rachel. Ran at Ran says this on Twitter. She sent me a picture of, <laughs> for any parents out there who watch Sesame Street, uh, the, uh, Abby's Amazing Adventures, her brother's named Rudy, and her kids watch that show. So we always, you know, joke about when Rudy, I go, it's me, Rudy. I hope I sound, that's a pretty good impression, right? It's me, Rudy. So every time he, both times he'd make a pick, I would just turn and go, Rudy. Rudy made a pick. So she sent me a tweet. It said, it's me, Rudy, and then parentheses, Ford, and a picture of Rudy. So, yes, I plan on doing that voice every time he does something well. Again, big day for those of us on Rudy Ford Island. We've been saying, listen to the show, I've been saying for at least a couple weeks now, maybe even three weeks, it was time to either bench Savage and put Ford in or try Savage at nickel, but just Ford had to be one of those safety spots. Gets his first real action today, boom, two picks. Good stuff. Our next one comes from Matilla the Hun at Matilla D. Hun. He writes, this felt good. God damn it, I didn't want to have hope. And I probably won't come tomorrow. But a couple things, Lemps. We probably found wide receiver one. And don't look now, but we went on Thursday. Suddenly we went from 3-6 and six to 5-6 and six within a week. And right back in it with a 10-day rest before Philly. I know. I know what you I know what you mean, Matilla. It was like when they were up twenty when Dallas was up twenty eight fourteen, I was like, Well, this might be for the best. Like you hate saying that, but you know, we know the state of the team lately. It was like, Yeah, this might be for the best. Another loss. Hey, at least they bump up their you know, they'll go up the draft they'll go up in those they'll go up in the draft order. Um prove their chances of getting a, a really good pick in April. So I know what you mean about like oh and then they, they start going, like, oh, shit, here we go again, right? The old Grand Theft Auto. But, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, they probably did find Grand they Theft Auto. They probably, they probably found wide receiver one, at least for the time being, right? Like I just said a little while ago, they need now, Watson needs to be cemented as the number one wide receiver, at least for the immediate future. He needs to get the lion's share of the targets, get those opportunities, and let's see what he does with them. I can't say he'll be wide receiver one forever, but for the next few weeks anyways, yes, he is wide receiver one. Absolutely. Um, and you're right, you know, if they win Thursday, that's why I said this on Twitter after the game. I'm saying it now, like, I can't say that the season has been saved. you got to talk to me Thursday night. If they win Thursday night, though, five and six, you can say they're pretty close to pulling themselves off the mat. Even then, not all the way off the mat, but pretty close to being all the way off the mat. Yeah, but they got to win Thursday. It's all about Thursday now. All right, thank you, Matilla. Um, next one comes from Lucky at the Madisonian. Lucky writes, Rodgers to Watson Link engaged. Thumbs up. Rodgers' offense requires a physical freak that catches the ball and runs the right, the right routes. Will 12 lock on 9 going forward? Sure. In the end, we all ride or die with 12 shot plays. Go, Pat, go. Um, well, I don't know if he necessarily requires a physical freak, because I don't know if Devontae Adams was a physical freak, per se. Adams was just so good at the little things, right? The technical, he was a technician off the line. Beating the guy in front of him, getting open, great hands. 
could make the tough catch. I don't know if I'd say Adams was a physical freak. Jordy certainly was a physical freak. I will say that. Um, but was Greg Jennings? I, I don't know if I'd say he was. So I don't. I might disagree with you slightly that it requires a physical freak, but certainly running the right routes. Yes, that is that is that is the utmost of importance to be Aaron Rodgers' number one guy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, yeah, he probably will lock on nine. And at this point, I'm not even sure that it's a bad thing. Again, like, hey, we drafted this kid to be a number one receiver. You don't trade two twos to move up to the top of two, essentially a late first rounder. You're not doing that to get a number two guy. You're doing that to get your future number one guy. So... And he needs to show now, he needs to, you know, again, he's going to get the lion's share. He should get the lion's share of the targets going forward. Let's see what he does with him, and let's see if he can become that guy. So Rogers locking on to nine going forward would not be the worst thing. No, let's let him do it. Let's see how Christian Watson responds. Hell yeah. Um, in the end, do we all ride or die with Rogers' shot plays? To a, to a degree, yes. Maybe not the shot plays, but certainly, again, like I talked about earlier, attacking downfield. Yeah, that's a key component of this offense. Or what the offense should be to be successful. Again, run the ball, play action, you know, and Rodgers hitting those few downfield stabs. They're hitting the majority of those downfields, those hand, you know, hitting the majority of those handful of downfield stabs he takes during a game. There we go. So in a sense, yeah. Because Rodgers going downfield and hitting those handful of throws, again, or the majority of them, is a key component of the offense. Absolutely. Okay. So those are all the Twitter questions. Let's go to the emails now. Hold on. Let me pull these bad boys up. All right. Hang on one second here. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, first one comes from Kyle Terpenning, who refuses to get Twitter. Kyle, God bless you. He titles his email Packers with about 15 exclamation points. Kyle writes, Fuck yes, a win, in all caps. Oh God, this feels so good, also in all caps. And I miss most of it due to a sick toddler. I feel bad by screaming so loud I woke her up, but I couldn't help it. Despite my doom and gloom predictions, I had a feeling about this game when I went to my daughter's doctor. They gave her the option of a sticker or a baseball card at the end of the visit. She surprised me by reaching into the baseball cards and found an Antonio Freeman card. Freeman was in the very first football game I ever watched, and that game was none other than the Miracle Catch game. That catch will be forever burned in my memory, and my daughter grabbed that card out to take home. So I felt something there, like a sign from above given to me by the most important person in my life. Now, while I couldn't watch most of the game, I did follow along. One thing that stood out to me is, Amari Rogers has to go. At bare minimum, he needs to be banished from special teams. Also, is this for, is for this year's Campbell? Because from what I could gather, he balled out today. And I have to wonder if Watson has turned it around. I am still very leery of his hands, as evidenced by that horrible attempt at a catch in the first quarter. Hot damn, it feels good to get a win. By the way, hey Kyle, what's up? Been a while since I gave you a shout-out, so here's one. Hope you enjoyed that game. Go Pack Go. And he sent a picture of the Antonio Freeman card. That's a legitimate Antonio Freeman baseball card, folks. I should post this on Twitter. I'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, 
Okay, so lots to unpack there, which I always appreciate. Yeah, I mean the Antonio Freeman card turns out to be that turned out to be a good sign. A, a harbinger of things. Harbinger, harbinger of things come. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I just know it from Clerks. <laughs> but it was a sign of things to come, which is good. Uh, that's wild. Your first cat. Your first game was the Miracle Catch game. God, I still remember that. I still remember that. I, I'll remember everything. Al Michaels. He did what? Dennis Miller just cackling as Freeman crosses the crosses the goal line into the end zone. Oh, what a game. What a night. Uh so that's a good sign. Um okay, so your your thoughts about Amari Rogers. Yeah, he, he should not be returning punts anymore. That is pretty clear. You know it's bad when he's fielding the punt and I'm literally out loud saying to my wife in the hotel, I'm going, Oh, just please don't fumble. Just please don't fumble. Just catch it and get tackled. Please don't fumble. And right on cue, the fucking guy fumbled. And my wife goes, oh my God, it's like you knew it was going to happen. I'm like, well, how can you be surprised with him at this point? What did someone say after the game? He's got eight career catches and seven career fumbles. <laughs> Not good. Um, yeah, he shouldn't be on special teams anymore. And the fact that he stayed as the punt returner for so long, that doesn't make me think well of Rich Bisaccia. I'll say that because isn't he supposed to be this special team? He's supposed to be this grizzled, experienced special teams coach who's good. How good are you if you keep leaving him back there when everybody knows he can't do it? That's that's not good. That's not a good sign for Rich. I'll tell you that. Um, I wouldn't say he needs to be cut, though. I still think maybe there's something there as an offensive weapon. I'm not ready to give up on him Give up on him in that area yet. I am as a returner. He should never return another uh, punt or kick. It should just be Nixon on punts and kicks, although Nixon caught the one punt over his head. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe they need to bring in some guys. I have no idea. The returner spot continues to be a mess for the Packers, as it has been most of the century, it feels like, at this point. Um, is Ford this year's Campbell? In well, probably not, just in the sense that it's he got such a late start. Campbell had all year. Ford is now just getting started midway through. But he could be maybe like a mini Campbell. Yeah, and be a real spark on the back end, which, God, they desperately need. Because Amos just isn't that guy. Amos has clearly lost a step. This is going to be his last year in Green Bay. You know, so they need some sort of spark on the back end. Hell, maybe it is Rudy Ford. He was awesome today. Yeah, two picks. He was awesome. Um. Uh, yeah, you know, you make a good point about Watson. And like I said earlier, like, he had that bad drop earlier in the game. I know everybody... <laughs> If I know Packers fans, <laughs> a huge chunk of them are going to have way too high expectations for uh, Watson going forward because he's not going to put up four for whatever it was, four for 107 in a score every week. There's going to be bumbles and stumbles, yes. But I'm just going to keep saying it. Make him the number one guy. Get him the majority of those targets. Allow him to make mistakes, and let's see if he can... You know, if he can grow, if he can continue to cut down on the mistakes, if his hands can improve and he can become that number one guy. He showed me He showed me today now he now deserves that shot. Yes, he deserves to be that guy going forward. So you're not wrong to be leery. We're not buzzkills. We're not trying to be buzzkills or Debbie Downers. Just trying to be real about it, you know. He's not going to do this. He's not Randy Moss. He's not going to do this every week unless he is, which, I mean, I doubt, you know. So, yeah, there's going to be mistakes. And you just, again, you just hope he keeps 
keeps growing, you know, keeps adding to the positives and cutting down on the negatives, right? Um, and I'm glad you gave the other Kyle a shout-out. That's awesome. Again, the Kyle's connecting. You'll love to see it. Okay, next one comes from PB Ziggy, who writes, titled his email, Great Fight, Great Win. Ziggy writes, I'm super proud of the way the pack fought hard for this win today. The energy and desire to win was there tonight. Rogers had great body language. Watson had an absolute great turnaround game to hush the doubters slash haters. We stuck with the run even when we were down. Savage has found a home at the star position. The Green Bay crowd was fantastic. Finally, a no call goes our way, but Job might have gotten away with pass interference. Negatives. Amari Rogers needs to sit. Boneheaded penalties. Play calling is still soft, little to no pass rush. Aaron needs to throw to wide open receiver. But this win was huge and much needed. I almost forgot what it felt like to be nervous down the stretch. Now let's beat the Titans and get to our mini-buy mini regards PB Ziggy. Okay, good stuff, Ziggy. Lots to unpack here. So let me take a sip of this delicious Canadian Pilsner. I always feel like drinking the bat when I'm back in Michigan. Especially in the UP, because it's like basically Canada. <laughs> right? I had a class in college. They had the UP blended into Canada on the map. I was like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> not quite Canada, but close. Something about being in the UP just makes me want to drink Labatt. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's really good, but yeah. Anyway, okay, so a lot to unpack here. Yeah, Rogers, I thought his body language was good. I, you know, I know people are going to dissect him. Uh, looked like he was, sure looked like he was cussing LaFleur out uh, after they failed to convert that third and one late in the game. Oh. That final driver regulation. What a freaking mess that was. That almost cost them the game. In fact, I thought it was going to. Jesus. Where are we at here? Packers take over. They force the punt. Right? They get the ball at their own 33. A minute and 38. A minute and 38 to go. Two timeouts. So you're thinking you're at the 33. You got to get about 34 yards to get into Crosby's range give or take a couple yards. But you got a minute 38 with two timeouts. They start with a pair of Jones runs. They waste so much time before calling their first timeout. They waited until there were 30 seconds left, and it was third and one to call their first timeout. What were they doing? That was a disaster. And then they call a pass. Rogers with time, no one open, just tosses it away. So... He appeared to be pretty pissed off at LaFleur. I don't know if he was mad that... I couldn't quite read his lips. I don't know if he was mad that they didn't call a run, or if he was mad... I don't know what he was mad about something. Um, I understand the frustration. I didn't feel great about him kind of cussing LaFleur out like that. that so, great body, language, great body language, except for one piss-poor moment, in my opinion. Uh, yeah... It was a great turnaround game for Watson. It was a great first step, right? You ever seen Starsky and Hutch with um, the the movie version of the TV show with Owen Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller? When Snoop Dogg sees Ben Stiller's car, he's got that beautiful red car. I can't remember what kind of car it was. But he goes, you just went up a notch in my book. That puts you at notch one. <laughs> that's the way I feel about Christian, Wa Christian Watson. He is now at notch one in my book. 
So there's that at least. Um, yeah, stuck with the run. Thought that was good. I was actually surprised. They, I was pleasantly surprised they stuck with it, even when they were down two scores late in the third. I was like, hey, this is, there's a lot of time left. This is how we moved. This, you, you can't just go hero ball now. you got to stick with the run. They did, and it worked. Um, Savage, I don't know. I, I couldn't say yet on Savage if he's found a home. It really was just the one game. Uh, felt like his coverage was good in some moments, not so good in others. I don't understand why he was trying to strip Dak on the, um, was it a fourth and one scramble or sneak? That they appeared to have Dak stopped. And if Savage just tries to make the tackle, he stops him. But he foolishly was trying to go for the strip, and, and he's not strong enough compared to Dak, and Dak got past him and got the first. So, I don't know, I'd have to I'd have to see more on that before I could confirm or deny that he's found a home there. Uh, I did think the crowd was fantastic. Agree with you there. A lot of noise. My, I know my nephew Sam was there with my brother-in-law. They were definitely making noise. I know it was a good, felt like a good crowd today. Yeah, Lambeau did well. The jaw play. Was it pass interference on that jaw breakup? Was that, when was that? Which one was that now, the jaw breakup? It was the one, was it in, was it the one in overtime or the one late in regulation? Because he had a couple of nice plays in coverage. I'm trying to look out here and see. Yeah, he had a great coverage on Gallup on that third and seven, late in regulation, and then he had the coverage on Lamb on the third down in overtime. I don't remember which play it was, but yes, it did kind of look like Ja got there a tick early. Yes, I will agree with that. They may have gotten away with one, but you know what? In a year where they haven't gotten much luck with the Zebras, it was nice to get a little luck on that play. I agree. But it was also great coverage by Ja. And I think he may have gotten the benefit of the doubt because he's Jair Alexander on that. You know, if that's Nixon or Douglas, they probably do get flagged. But Ja is, you know, he's an excellent corner, one of the best corners in the league. So it worked out for him there, and I'll take it. <laughs> we're three, we were three and six. I'll take anything. Um, yeah, I talked about Amari Rogers. Certainly needs to not be returning punts anymore. Um, yeah, there were some penalties I didn't like. Agree with you there. Play calling was a little soft. I think that last drive of regulation kind of speaks to that. Not soft in terms of play calling, but just soft in terms of like wasting time and everybody huddling up and no sense of urgency. So I would definitely say that. Um, you know, the pass rush, they're trying. It's just going to be so hard without Rashawn Gary. God. God damn, Rashawn Gary. What a bummer that was. Hey, blowing his knee out last week. On that kitty litter turf. It's just terrible. You feel so bad for Gary. He was so close to get he would have gotten an extension that easily cleared a hundred million dollars this offseason. You know, and he works so hard and he's one of the guys who you know, and there haven't been a lot of the guys like this on the team this year, but he gives effort gives effort on every play. You know, and has become a real leader on the defense and a leader for the team. And you just hate to see a guy blow his knee out like that. He was so close to, to cashing in. So hopefully he can come back. If anybody's going to work his ass off to come back, it's going to be Rashawn Gary. So without Gary, yeah, the pass rush is going to struggle. You know, they were spinning those blitzes. Barry was spinning the blitzes. They're doing everything they can to get creative. But, you know, you take away a guy like Gary, it's just it's going to be hard. You know, even with Preston being pretty good and Enigbare showing some real promise as a, as a rookie, 
and Quay's athletic abilities, it's, you know, it's hard. It's just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to consistently manufacture a pass rush. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Aaron, you know, I thought Rodgers was a little better throwing to the wide-open guy today, but yeah, there were probably some moments there. But yeah, overall, I agree. Thank you for that, PB. All right, our next one comes from Kyle, who used to have Twitter, got rid of it, got it again, and got rid of it again. Smart call, Kyle. Twitter is just a shithole. Again, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I don't even think I'd be on there. It's a shithole. I don't even mean just because of everything that's going on in the news with Twitter. It's just it's just a shithole in general. <laughs> it's a terrible place. I don't know why I'm there so much. Anyways, Kyle writes, Hey, Chris, forever grateful for McCarthy. It was time for him to go, but he led the team to a Super Bowl and helped Rodgers become one of the GOATs. Some of the Rodgers-McCarthy anecdote stories felt fake as hell, though. Feels like some revisionist history. Take the good and the bad with Watson. Today had both, but mostly good. Rudy Ford equals 2022 Razul Douglas. Rodgers was really good, probably his best of the season. Seemed sharp, hit the big throws the way he needed to. Two of his incompletions were Watson drops, another Watson slowing up on a deep ball. He didn't try to do too much and played within the system. You've said all along he plays the version of the LeFleur offense he wants to. Today looked a bit more like what LeFleur had envisioned. What a shocker! Strong run game, not asking your QB to do too much, and just be opportunistic only 20 attempts. Ended up working. Who would have thunk it? Certainly not LeFleur and Rodgers. They've proved they can do it against the top defense, so no excuses moving forward. Let's put the they have no weapons to bed. They have they have no weapons to bed. Can we do that? It felt lazy from the start. Yeah, they aren't as good as last year and probably below league average. But the Giants are 7-2 and two with the worst wide receiver room. Jones had over 150 yards and a touchdown. Watson obviously had the massive game. A.J. Dillon averaged 5 yards per carry, one of his best games of the year. Weapons aren't great, but they aren't completely devoid of talent. Headed to Lambeau next Thursday with family to watch him take on the Titans. Will be my second time at Lambeau. First being 2011 versus Denver. Check the box score to see if I had a good time. Looking very much forward to going there on a one-game winning streak. Thinking of getting a new jersey. Don't even know where to start. Probably job, but my heart says Dobbs. What do you think? Sorry for the long one today. Go Pack Go. Well, you never have to apologize for going long here, Kyle. I don't know um if these other podcasts like would edit. I just say send it. I'll read all of it. I'll read the shit. I don't care. I love it. Fire away. Hit me with what you got. Um, okay, lots to unpack here, which is great. Yeah, it was, you know, your point about McCarthy. So I loved beating him today. Of course. And yes, I tweeted late in the game I want in overtime. I wanted them to go for the touchdown. Even after the Lazard, <laughs> after the Lazard play, I said, go for the touchdown. Let's stick this right up McCarthy's ass. <laughs> I said that, right? That's in the heat of the moment. But look, you're right. I'm forever grateful for Mike. I was disappointed to see so many fans shitting on Mike this past week on social media. Hey, man, Mike won a Super Bowl. That stretch in 2010, starting with the Giants game, which I believe was the day after Christmas, I went to that game. Gene and I actually did a podcast in the car. Speaking of doing a podcast in a weird spot, we did the podcast after that game in the car as I was driving back to Minneapolis. Gene and I went to the game and then drove straight from Lambeau back to Mini- to the cities. And he fired up his laptop and we just did the show in the car while we drove. 
So I'm no stranger to doing podcasts in odd places. Although this might be even stranger. Probably is. Anyways, starting with that Giants game, right? And then beating the Bears, and then the and then Philly in the wild card round, Dallas in the divisional round, the Bears in the championship game, and Steelers in the Super That six-game run. Everybody talks about how well Rodgers played in the defense. That was some of the best coaching you'll ever see. McCarthy hit every right button. He pressed all the right buttons in that stretch. That team looked dead. Dead. And he just wouldn't allow it. He and a lot of other people, but McCarthy as the head man would not allow it. And brought that team back to life, and they won a Super Bowl. And that's a lot of that is due to Mike. He's never gotten the credit he deserves for that. And that's always bummed me out. I was really shocked to see a popular Twitter page, which I won't mention the name, put out a poll saying which coach was better, Lafle- which coach is better, Lafleur or McCarthy. And I don't know what the final total was, but at one point it was like 66-34, Lafleur. And I was like, are you all out of your fucking minds? Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. He has a street named after him. This is so, don't be so disrespectful. Yes, like you said, it was time for him to go. Right? He had been there a long time. I was thinking the Larry Bird quote. Larry Bird, when he was coaching the Pacers, I don't remember how long he ended up coaching there. But at one point he talked about retiring after like three years as the coach. And he said, after three, it was after three years or four years, he said, they just tune you out anyways. McCarthy was in Green Bay for what, 12 or 13 years? Again, it got bad towards him, but Mike had an incredible run. Incredible. A lot of high highs for Mike. Yes, he cost the team at times. Certainly he did. But he had a great run. Um, And you're right, his quarterback school was massive in helping Rodgers iron out all the kinks in his game. Remember Rodgers? Remember how, look at, go look at footage of Rodgers at Cal. What his delivery looked like. He couldn't have won in the pros with a delivery like that. Mike shortened up his delivery, tightened it up, shortened his release time. You know, also helped Matt Flynn become a very capable backup. Flynn got a huge contract from the Seattle Seahawks. In no small part to uh, because of the coaching that he got from McCarthy at that QB school. So, you know, Mike was instrumental for Rodgers. And you're right, a lot of the stories felt fake. You're right. I don't think he and Rodgers ever were the best of friends let's be real and I think there was there's I think both guys there was definitely some revisionist history neither guy kind of wants any of the ugly stuff from the past to come out now you know I definitely agree with you there yeah I don't think they'll ever be really good friends or even friends <laughs> but again both guys neither guy wants any of that to come out because again they were both guilty both parties were guilty in those two not being super tight. And neither one wants that to come out now because they both moved on and Mike's having success in Dallas and Rogers is one of the best to ever do it. So you're right about that. Definitely some revisionist history going on there, which made me laugh. Um, you're right. Got to take the good with the bad with Watson. Absolutely. Now, t- Ford being 2020 Razul Douglas, that's probably more apt because someone was saying, is he this year's Campbell? It's probably too late for that, but he could be this year's Razul Douglas. Absolutely. There's plenty of time for that. God, let's hope so. I would love that. Um, let's see. Yeah, you're right. Rodgers was really good. Like I said, he was. if you just looked at the stats, you'd be like, well, it's kind of a ho-hum game. Rodgers was awesome in this one. Absolutely. 
And he played within the system. You're right. He did, yeah. And like you said, I talked. I've said for a while now. He plays in the. He runs the version of the the, the Fleur offense that he deems acceptable. And you're right. Today it felt like Rodgers maybe gave in a little bit on that. Well, how could you not? Even a stubborn guy like Aaron Rodgers, he could be. He can be stubborn as a horse's ass <laughs> at times. You know. Um, he stubborn is that right? I don't even know if I'm using that phrase right, but whatever. He um I mean if if you were ever gonna reconsider being stubborn, certainly a game like last week's against Detroit would be that game. Right? Like if Rogers was ever gonna go, shit, I'm at rock bottom here, maybe I should just try to run this offense the way Matt wants it. Right? Detroit would be rock bottom. That was rock bottom for Aaron Rodgers. So maybe he realized it, right? Maybe if you're if, if you're thinking positive, maybe Rodgers saw that and went, you know what? Maybe I should just try to run this offense the way Matt wants. And he did today, and guess what? It was awesome. So you're right. It, it did feel more like the Lafleur offense today. And maybe Rodgers will see that going forward and go, oh, okay, maybe this can work. Who knows? Let's hope anyways. Um, and you're right. Yeah, Dallas' defense is excellent. They proved that. They the, the fact that the Packers could do this today, you're absolutely right, Kyle. No excuses going forward. There's no reason to go back to Hero Ball or Rodgers throwing it 40 times a game after this. This is what works, and this is what should be done. Amen to that. Um, yeah, you're right. It was always kind of lazy to say they have no weapons. I think, yeah... Well, I mean, Jones is a superstar on par with almost any offensive skill position player in the league. I fully believe that. So saying they never had any weapons was always ridiculous just because of Jones's presence. Um, yeah, you're right. The, the weapons, that's a great way to say it. The weapons aren't great, but they're not devoid of talent. Not at all. Again, not when you have a guy like Aaron Jones. No, that's a pretty good starting point. They just never used him right. They did today, though, so that's good. That's awesome that you're going to Lambeau on Thursday. Hopefully you'll have a great time with the fam. Yeah, 2011 versus Denver. That was that was well, not in October, right? Didn't Rodgers throw for like six touchdowns in that game? Or throw five and run? I'm not going to look that up. But didn't he throw for five and, and one, uh, run for one? Didn't he have six touchdowns in that game? He was awesome that day. I remember they blew Denver out. Who was Denver's quarterback? Was it Kyle Orton? Whoever it was. I remember Green Bay just hammered him that year. So hopefully they can get another win and have a, and you and your family can have a nice night there. It's always fun to see a win at Lambeau. So you're thinking about getting to New Jersey. Okay. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I would probably say, Ja, I'd have to think about that. I'd probably have to think about that, but yeah, Ja. I mean, that's what I got. I got the Ja throwback. That seems like a, you know... An obvious starting point, right? Because he just signed the big extension. You know he's going to be there for at least the next few years. He's still young. He's still playing at an incredibly high level. You know, Kenny Clark would be another one I would probably consider. Dobbs would be awesome, too, because he's probably going to be pretty good. If you want to really gamble, you could probably go with Watson. Oh, boy. Yeah. I would probably say one of those four. Maybe Rashawn Gary. 
The knee injury does sadly alter that if you're talking about buying a jersey. It affects your thoughts on that. I would say probably Ja, Clark, Dobbs, or Watson. Yeah, Th- those would be my top four for you on that. Again, never have to apologize for going long. Love it. Thank you, Kyle. Last one comes from Rich. Interesting. Dot, dot, dot. Didn't see that coming. I think that describes most of us. Absolutely. Rich writes, So a few weeks ago, I stated this draft class will go down as extraordinary. Watson, Walker, and even Wynn at the top are coming along now. Dobbs, Enigbare, Tom, Toure are contributing and more. The only disappointment so far is Ryan, and he could just be a person who needs a full NFL offseason program. I stand by my previous assessment. I would suggest firing the person who drafted six people playing starting roles in one draft has some talent. Hear about that guy today, Rudy or Douglas Campbell? I know a favorite and cool thing to say is fire Goot. I'd say instead we should try and understand why Russ Ball is in the position he is. Despite the potential at the bottom of the roster, the cap situation at the top top is still a disaster, and capology is supposed to be Ball's area. Today was fun, but I think it was an extinction burst for the players over 28 or 29. Sorry to be a downer, but I'm still on Team Tomorrow instead of Team Today, Rich. Well, you don't, I don't, you know, you don't have to be a downer, Rich. I, again, I think I don't think you're being a downer. I think it's it's fair. Again, just to say, like everybody's going to get ahead of themselves. A lot of people are going to get ahead of themselves. It's not wrong to say it's just one game. It's awesome. It was an awesome game, but it was just one game, and you know, too soon to say if, if this team is you know going to pull themselves off the mat. I don't think you're being a downer and saying that. Not at all. Um, you're right, Watson. You know, there's certainly a lot of potential in this draft class. You know, Watson showed his immense potential today. Uh, Quay Walker certainly at times has shown his immense potential. Uh, uh, The first rounder, was it Wynn? Wyatt, I think you're saying Wyatt. You mean Wyatt at the top? Yeah, Wyatt's definitely shown some flashes. I would agree with you there. Dobbs, I like the way he projects. Um, Enigbare, Tom Torrey. Yeah, you're right. They're all contributing, and they're all showing that they could have potential to be key players for this team going forward. I agree with you there. And you're right about Ryan, you know. It doesn't look great, but it is just your one, and maybe he'll be a lot better next summer. We'll see. Yeah, you're right. Goot is, I mean, you're right. Your overall point about Goot is right. He's done some really good things. You know, his drafts have been... Not as great as Ted's, but he certainly has had some 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 good moments. This class looks potential, particularly promising. And you're right; he's done great work scooping guys up off the street. Devondre Campbell, you know, Razul Douglas, Rudy Ford today. Uh, Jerron Reed's had kind of a hit or miss year, hit and miss year, but he had that big play, almost sacking Dak in overtime. Right, forced the incompletion on fourth and four. Shocking that McCarthy went for that. Who are you and what have you done with the Mike McCarthy that I used to know? The Mike McCarthy we knew would never have done that. He's gone all in on analytics, apparently, because he would have never done that in those Green Bay days. I don't think he even should have done it today. If his kicker's got a big leg, that's a spot where you should trust your kicker. I was shocked Mike Winford. I didn't think that was a good decision. And it bit him in the ass. But I digress. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Jerron Reed they scooped up for nothing. And he, he made a big play today. Had some nice moments this year. Been a hit and miss year, but he's had some good moments. My thing with Goot is just like I said, and I said this on the show last week, 
he's done a lot of good things. But if the quarterback thing the quarterback thing ends up blowing up on him, it'll be why he loses his job. None of those other good things will matter, unfortunately, in the NFL. It's just the way it is. Yeah, you're right about. I mean, you make an interesting point about Russ Ball. Um, I think Russ Ball's just done everything he can to twist and turn and all the cap gymnastics to somehow keep this team together for one more run. But yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, the cap situation does not look good in the years going forward, and that could, you know, that may reflect poorly on Ball ultimately. So yeah, good stuff, Rich. Appreciate it. Um, all right, next. So those are the emails. We got, what do we got now? Do we have Facebook Messenger? I do have one on Facebook Messenger? Yes. Okay. This one comes from, okay. This one comes from Daniel in Vancouver. Daniel reached out to me last week on Facebook to let me know he's been listening to the show for a while out there in Vancouver. Appreciate that, Daniel. Appreciate being the first show you listen to on Monday mornings. That means a lot to me. Really, really does. So Daniel and I were, were messaging back and forth this week. Seems like a good dude. He was saying he might write in, depending on how the game goes. It went well, so Daniel wrote in. Daniel writes, Oh boy, my BC Lions end their season with an L in Winnipeg, kind of like expected. The Canucks are getting a beating in fucking Boston. Season more or less over before it really started. But boy, are the Packers still alive? Watson, 4 for 107 and 3 scores against the McCarthy Cowboys. Maybe not a pretty win, but if they win, I think this group can't do it pretty. But I'll take it. Time to run the table? Ha ha, cheers, Daniel. Um, yeah, they are still alive, Daniel. Again, yeah, they, 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 you know, they're not, it's not, they're not dead yet. Don't zip the bag up yet. They're not done. Uh... So that's great to see. Yeah, Watson was awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I you're saying this group can't. Yeah, this this team probably won't win pretty. The rest of the way, if they win, yeah, that's a good point. They're very banged up. It's gonna be really hard without a guy like Gary, who probably was the second or third most important guy on the team. That's how high he had ascended. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, they probably won't ever win pretty. Time to run the table. <laughs> I like you said ha-ha because I know you're joking. Um, I know you're joking, but I know I'm sure there's going to be people tomorrow. Daniel, you and I both know there's going to be people tomorrow. That's a here we go. <laughs> okay, guys, guys, guys. Let's just try to win Thursday. Daniel, you and I know that. And the Lemps Talking Pack listeners know that. Let's just focus on Thursday. We all know. A lot of people don't. But we pray for them anyways. <laughs> anyway. All right, so that was the Facebook. Thank you for that, Daniel. Um, trying to think here. Was there anything else? Uh, let me see here. Let me just check something quick. All right, I do have a Twitter DM from Kyle. A different Kyle, a third Kyle. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, so I'll read it, though. Lamps, I think I can say this for all Packers fans out there. We needed this. Exhale. How poetic. McCarthy comes back to Lambeau seeking revenge. Probably knows he has a better team, feeling confident, and he can't get it done. LOL. What a great feeling for Packers Nation to validate McCarthy's departure. And how about Christian frickin' Watson? Good, good stuff. Love the swag today, but here come the negatives. It's week frickin' 10. 
Why is it taking this long to figure out this type of performance is at our disposal? I know we've tried, but good Lord, show some trust, build some confidence. And the D still has some major issues, which you have to, at this point, place all blame on Barry. Next, Amari Rogers. I'll just assume that he'll be cut the next time I hear your pod. It's that simple. Lastly, that one, that last 130 was an abomination on Lafleur. Just pathetic, pathetic decision making. That was the epitome of playing to lose. And I agree 100,000, or I agree 1,000 percent with Rogers getting in his ass. In the end, we fucking got a W, and that feels really good. Call it the gooey fudge inside a really subpar tasting ice cream sundae of a season thus far. Perhaps we can add a cherry or slather on some caramel one of these upcoming weeks. Whew, go Pat Go. I don't know if you wanted me to read that on the show, Kyle, but I found it so... It was such a good DM. I'm like, I think you do, because you mentioned the pot, so I'd read it. I hope that's okay. Uh, let's see. Talked about McCarthy. Talked about Watson. Uh, why did it take so long to figure out this type? Well, because Rodgers doesn't, just doesn't want to run that type of offense. I'm sure even now Rodgers doesn't feel... I'm sure Rodgers, even after the win tonight, probably feels, well, maybe there's a little bit beneath me. But again, last week was such a hard rock bottom. Such a brutal rock bottom. Like, I don't think he really had a choice. I was like, well, let's try it. Let's, and it worked. Now, will he stick with it? To be determined. Um, let's see. Yeah, there are some. there are still some major issues on D. The run defense is still not great. And it's not going to be great the rest of the year. I mean, what did Pollard finish with? 115 on 22, and probably should have been a bigger factor in the game. But McCarthy kind of went away. McCarthy went away from him to a degree that really only Mike McCarthy could do. (laughs) If they had stuck with a run more, Dallas might have won the game. But uh, the run defense is not good. And yeah, and one thing, why are the receivers playing so far off the line? There was the one play, it was in the fourth quarter... It was a big third down. It was like a third and nine. And they've got Jaw playing, what was it? And Jaw's playing like 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Was it a third and seven? You guys know which play I'm talking about. Um, And the guy just pulled up and made an easy catch. I was like, well, yeah, he's got the DB. He's got Jaw playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. What's going on here? Still far too much cushion from the corners. And that's, that's on Barry. So you're right. I, I agree with you. A lot of the issues I do think are on Barry at this point. Uh, talked about Amari Rogers. Um, talked about that last minute thirty. Yup. Yeah, it was it, that last minute thirty was. It felt like they were just comfortable playing for overtime, which was insane to me because you had two timeouts and whatever it was a minute and whatever left, you had plenty of time to get thirty-four yards. I didn't understand that at all, and it almost bit him in the ass. And if they'd lost the game, frankly, they would have deserved to. If Dallas had won, if Dallas had got the ball. You know, Dallas got the ball to start overtime. If they'd gone down the field and scored, the Packers would have deserved to lose because of the way he handled that last minute and 30. Absolutely. Yeah, it was bad. Um, Yeah, hopefully they can keep winning. I agree with you, Kyle. Okay. So those are Twitter, DMs, email, Facebook. I think that's everything. Okay. So the last one, I give the hammer every week to my other former Old Bag of Donuts podcast co-host, my friend Jean Bossling, who I mentioned a little while ago. She and I give you the hammer every week. No exception this week. Let's rock. As I have done so many times during the course of our friendship, I'm asking you to tell me how I should feel about the Packers. On one hand, the injuries on defense and the issues with the players who are healthy mean there's probably a ceiling for this team that's well below the standard we're used to. 
Going 9-8 and eight and losing in the first round of the playoffs doesn't really help anybody. It might just mean going to U.S. Bank Stadium and giving Vikings fans bragging rights. A good draft pick to build for the future would help Love, and if we're headed towards a rebuild anyway, I'm not sure there's much point in denying it. On the other hand, these kind of games are a lot of fun. Energy at Lambeau, national TV, beating the Cowboys, thinking about how Cowboys fans must be feeling after we beat the Cowboys, thinking about how Jerry Jones must be feeling after we beat the Cowboys, thinking about how Troy Aikman must be feeling after we beat the Cowboys. (laughs) What's not to like? And hey, maybe Christian Watson is figuring it out. Maybe they've got a formula that will allow them to score enough points to go somewhere. Maybe Rodgers and the Fleur just have a really interesting form of creative tension. Maybe there's a 2016-esque run in there. You see where my mind goes. Help me, Lev. Make it make sense. <laughs> that fucking part about Jerry Jones and Troy Aikman, I just lost Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, get a hold of yourself, Lips. Um, it's just a little bad, I tell you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Certainly a win over Dallas would be enough to kind of ignite that, you know, conflicting sides of your brain as a fan, right? Because you're right. Like, it is just one win. On the one hand, you go like, but maybe they still need to focus on the future. It's a nice detour from what we've been experiencing, but but maybe they still need to... But then you're right. On the other hand, you go, yeah, but they beat the Cowboys, and you're right. And you go, and the thing I keep coming back to is the offensive formula. I go, this is an offensive formula that will work. And if they just kind of keep riding this formula, and if Watson can kind of steadily improve every week, and Lazard can settle into a role, and they get Cobb back, and... You know, they can get Dobbs back at a certain point. Maybe this thing can click to a degree. And, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's tough. You know, I do see where your mind goes, buddy, because my mind's going there, too. I guess, ultimately, I would say, let's just keep trying to win for now, you know? And if it doesn't work out, there will be plenty of time still to play. I mean, they still have seven games left, right? So, six? No, seven games left. Yeah, still have seven games left. So, if, you know, they play they play it to win it, and they play Rodgers these next few weeks, and it doesn't work. Well, they'd still have a, a month's worth of games to to get a look at Jordan Love, or three games anyways, something close to three or four games. So, I'm going to say let's just, let's just go. Let's just keep trying to win. Yeah, I see where your mind's going, and I'm going, you know what? Beating the Cowboys, hey, man, LFG, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. That's a, that was a great text. God damn, it was a great text. Okay. So those are all the questions and comments I got. I don't think I missed any apologies if I did. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent one along. It's always appreciated, and it's nice to be taking those questions and comments for a win. Am I right? Can I get a hell yeah? Okay, big picture time now. 74 and a half minutes in. There will be a rush to say the Packers saved their season as a result of this win. And while it's okay to be excited, hell, you should always be over the moon after a win over the Dallas Cowboys. It's just far too early to make any such claim. The road ahead is still every bit as daunting as it was heading into this game. 
the Packers will still need to get hot against some top-level competition and get a lot of help along the way to even have a sniff at meaningful January football. And one could argue that might not even be the best path for this team in terms of future success. But what Sunday showed is that this team, this battered, bruised, beleaguered bunch, has just a little life left in them. They have not flatlined just yet. They have not totally quit on Matt LaFleur as some of us had feared. The offense finally went with the winning formula. The defense came up with enough stops when it mattered most. The special teams, well, let's keep this part positive. It could just be a blip on the radar to what will be an otherwise rough finish to the season in the end, but it could maybe, just maybe, just possibly, be the start of something good. Again, too soon to tell, but the Packers will play a game Thursday night, and it will matter now as a result of what they did Sunday, and for one night at least, that's good enough. Okay, that just about wraps up this episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I hope you had as much fun reveling in this win as I did. This was a blast. And if the thought of me doing this show in the hotel bathroom adds an extra smile to you, it makes your smile a little bigger, then that's great. Then I've done my job. Right? I've had, a, I've had so much fun reveling in this. Man, fuck the Cowboys. Am I right? Can I say that again? Fuck them. Nice to not have this turn into a therapy session for all of us for once, too, right? Absolutely. We look ahead now to next week. Shit, really later this week at this point now. The Packers will be back in action, back at Lambeau again, for a Thursday night football affair with the Tennessee Titans. That one is set for a 7.15 p.m. Lambeau time start on Amazon Prime. The Titans. Man, I just always think of them as one of the most consistent franchises in the league, you know? Just always good, solid... Some years better than others, but they're kind of always in the mix. Right? Most of the time, anyways, it feels that way. This year, this year, no different. Tennessee started 0-2 before rebounding to win six of its next seven games. Improving to 6-3 and with a 17-10 win over the Denver Broncos on Sunday, which puts them in first place in the AFC South. The Titans, no real secret as to what they'll want to do. You know what they want to do. They want to pound Derrick Henry. King Henry, they want to throw him at you, pound it, keep it low scoring, make it about the run game and the defense, ground and pound, baby. That's the Titans. Although they beat Denver, I will say they beat Denver with Henry only running for 53 yards on 19 carries. Right? Ryan Tannehill threw for 255 and two scores, so they can bring something of a passing element as well. This is going to be a real challenge for the Packers. It's going to be a real challenge for both teams. Right? Hell, Thursday night games are always tough. They're weird. Nobody really wants to play in them. The fans don't really want to watch them. They just tend to be goofy affairs that can hinge on one or two weird-ass moments. So it's going to be a challenge. But look, if the Packers want to keep their slim hopes alive, you know, they got to be up to the task. Green Bay has to be up to the task. Absolutely. And, yep, I'll be back to recap that one. Win, lose, or draw Thursday night. Late night, another late night. Oh, whoopee for me. Of course, it'll be Friday morning when you hear it. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that one. And yes, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempisis. This has been Lemp's Talking Tag. 
Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you. I love you. I love you. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world. And remember, always and forever, go, Pack, go. Go.